You are listening to the In Focus Church podcast with Pastor Brent Gerard. In Focus Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Evans, Georgia, with a mission to love God, love people, and reach the world. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating wherever you are listening, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at InFocus Church. We hope this message encourages you and leaves you feeling challenged to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There once was a young child and the parents of this child wanted to raise this child to honor God. So they took this child and they dedicated him to the Lord. They signed up immediately for that dedication service that, you know, you have at the church. The baby was dedicated. The parents dedicated themselves to raise the child in the admonition of the Lord. They prayed with the child in the morning. They prayed with the child at night. They did everything that they knew they should and were supposed to do. They were at church every time the doors were open. They surrounded their child with people that they knew would influence them for the kingdom of God and that would help disciple them in every stage of their life. And they watched the child grow up. But then as the child got older, to their dismay and to their even disappointment, the child's life looked anything but godly and every bit the part of an MTV reality show. Everything about the child's life seemed to be the exact opposite of what the parents taught them. And there was nothing God-honoring about their lives. There was another child who was abandoned by both of their natural parents at birth. The child grew up bouncing around from family to family in the system. And though at times it provided some shelter, there were other points where it felt unsafe maybe even more unsafe than being on the streets alone. And while most kids have plenty of opportunities to do something constructive with their lives, this child had very little and everything seemed stacked against them. It wasn't until later in their life that this young person encountered someone that shared the gospel with them, befriended them, and it was at this point of their lives that they had an encounter with Jesus Christ and surrendered their lives to him and began to serve Jesus wholeheartedly. We begin a new series today entitled God's Family where we're looking at created order of relationships that God intended. What does it mean to be a biblical man? What does it mean to be a biblical woman? What does it mean to fulfill the role as God-centered parents? Today I want to start by talking about parenting. And you say, well, I don't, I'm not a parent or I'm still a kid. Listen, there's something here for all of us to learn today because as you're going to see what we are called to do is what we're all called to do, whether we're parents or not. Say, well, thinking about how you started this message this morning and the stories that you just read, I'm a little confused about the stories that you told just off. So are you saying that it doesn't really matter what we do as parents? No, I'm not saying that at all. It absolutely matters what you do as a parent because it absolutely matters what you do as a Christian. 
But if you grew up in and around the church, you probably have heard or even quoted a passage of Scripture that's found in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. I know that I have, and it goes like this. Start your children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Yeah, yeah, Pastor, I'm familiar with that verse. I've I've used it a lot. And it seems like the stories that you just told are the exact opposite of, of that Scripture. First of all, what we need to understand is this is a proverb, not a promise. There's an important distinction between a proverb and a promise. Because if we read a proverb as a promise, we can misinterpret and misrepresent the character of God. We can become disappointed with God ourselves or even create false hope in somebody else. Secondly, when it comes to being a God-centered parent, which is what I want to highlight today as we start off this series, it is first and foremost about your love for God and what you received from God through Jesus Christ, not what you can get from God by what you do. Jesus saved us so that we could love him with all of our hearts and love others. And here's the reality. God is not a transactional God. He is a relational God. And your primary relationship with him is where every other created role that we have flows out of as a man, as a woman, and as a parent. Now back to Proverbs 22, verse 6. And although this is not a promise, it is a passage that gives us a principle. It does instruct us like many of the scriptures do. That's why David said, I love your precepts. I love your commands. I love your word. I love your instruction because it helps me to live a way that honors you. So this passage, although it's not a promise, is giving us some instruction on how to live and how to initiate a God-honoring life in our children but it's not a guarantee of results as if our children's faith in Jesus Christ rests solely on how we parented them if that's the case you're living up under a burden and a pressure that you can never bear can I tell you parents guardians grandparents you cannot save your children only Jesus can You cannot draw your children to the Father, only the Spirit of God can. Therefore, we don't take on more guilt than we should if they walk away from Jesus. And at the same time, we do not pridefully take credit if our children walk boldly in a God-honoring life as if it all had to do with us. Salvation is not formulaic. Let me say it this way, that we try to say when it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, well, two plus two has to equal four. But a a, a relationship with Jesus Christ is not just a formula. We've tried to make it this way. Don't do this. Don't do this. Do it this way. Say this. Raise your hand. Walk the aisle. Do more good than you do bad, and everything's going to turn out okay. Nope, not it. Salvation isn't a formula. It is a process of spiritual formation initiated by the miracle of grace that brings about a new heart and a new life for any who would call on the name of Jesus in repentance and in faith. And it is by grace alone. 
subsequent result of that life of putting our hope in Jesus Christ is a God-honoring life because why? Because we love God. That's why love is our motivation just as it is God's motivation. But let's talk about that specifically as it relates to our parenting. One way to live a God-honoring life as a parent is by being what most people would call either a God-centered parent or a gospel-centered parent versus or rather than a child-centered parent. Well, what's the difference, Pastor? There are quite a few differences. But one that I can highlight is a God-centered parent will train their child up to follow hard after God above all things. A child-centered parent, on the other hand, will raise their child up to follow hard after their own dreams and desires and ask God to bless it. Seems kind of similar. No, not at all. There's a difference. But how we do and how we train and how we best start off, as it says in the NIV translation, our children in a way that causes them to want to follow Christ in their own hearts and lives is important to how we live our lives. First of all, we do what this scripture says. We start them off, or many translations, maybe some that you're familiar with, says that we train them. We train our child up, or we train our children up. Proverbs 22, 6, that word train there is a Hebrew word, kanach. It means to dedicate, like you're dedicating uh, the temple, or you're dedicating your house, or you're dedicating something to the Lord. It gives us a picture of parents dedicating their children to the Lord and then morally training them to follow God. I want to remind all of you that if we spent a a few months in 1 Peter talking about the fact that we are chosen exiles, that we are not from this place, but we are from another country called heaven, and this is just a temporary place, but as parents, we're also chosen exiles, and as it relates to parenting, you as an exile or an ambassador of another kingdom. As a parent, you represent God to your kids in all that you do, in all that you say, and that is your purpose as a parent. We have to remember, first of all, that our children... Yes, they have been given to us as gifts from God, but they don't belong to us. They belong to the one who created them. So parenting is not first about what we want for our children or from our children, but what God in his grace has planned to do through us in our children. Therefore, that is why we train them up. And if we lose sight of this, we will be parenting in our own strength for all the wrong reasons and for our own purposes and gratification. Very selfish way to train. Back to the word train, it means to initiate, it means to learn, it means to motivate. So we as parents are to initiate what? A craving for what is true, for what is righteous, for what is holy, for what is pure. And we do that by living in such a way that living for God, that our our children see that living for God is the only way to truly live a fulfilled life. Living for the glory of God is all that really matters. And although, here's an interesting thing as I was reading this week, although the word child there can mean all the way up to a young adult, 
like in their 20s. So sometimes we get this idea that it's just like, it's just a toddler. That's not really what this, this word actually encompasses. It can, can give some leeway all the way up into their early 20s. But make no mistake about this. Even with that, the window of opportunity for this type of major impact in the lives of your children is very small. Smaller than you think because time flies by and you can't get it back. This isn't pressure. This is you living your life before them, training them in a way that initiates a craving for Jesus. Think about a trainer in life. Say, well, this is why I always thought, you know, if I trained them, then it had to happen this way. That's what I'm saying. Now we've created a formula. We think this plus this has to equal this. And here's the thing about a trainer. A trainer can train you all day long, but at the end of the day, whether you are a business person that's being trained in something or whether you're an athlete that's being trained in something, you're the one that has to execute what you've been trained to do. And it's the same way for our kids. Which leads me to another point today. A main point, you cannot train your children to love and live for God unless you are first loving and living for God yourself. This is really where it all starts. This is really where it all ends because no one can sniff out hypocrisy like a child can. Brings us back to really where everything starts in the Christian life, a verse that we almost always find ourselves coming to in everything that we teach in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, you could turn there. This is where we will stay the rest of the morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 5. And this is a foundational message for all of life. For every single one of you in here, whether this is your season of life or upcoming season of life or season of life that that you are now past and you're looking at, at grandparenting or you're looking at mentoring in some other shape or fashion, but this is how we live our lives as believers. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God, I pray that you change us through your word today. Transform us. Let us live lives that honor you and raise up a generation that does the same. Let's start with verse 4 and 5. There it is. Foundational message. Love God. Love God. Here's our mission statement. Love God. Love people. Reach the world. This same foundational message is found in Matthew. It's found in the Gospels, in in Mark 12, and, and in Luke chapter 10. But in order to train your child up in the way they should go, you have to love your God first. Do you realize that as a parent that God has put within you the power to change generations? That from one generation to the next, the psalmist says, you can praise the Lord? Or as a, a scripture that my own mother sent to me and, and her grandkids yesterday about just something that God does, that he's a covenant-keeping God from one generation to the next so that our children and our grandchildren would praise the Lord. Listen, again, this isn't a formula. This is how we live our lives, and there are some blessings that come out of living our lives in a way that honors God. And I want to reemphasize 
as we love God in front of each generation that comes after us, you won't always get to do this, so take advantage of it while you can. As a parent, you have built-in disciples in your house 24-7. They're around you every single day, but the way we train them is by being a God-centered parent, not a child-centered parent. We're called to be God-centered parents. And in order for you to be a God-centered parent, you must love God with all of your heart. Love God with all of your heart. Now, you will always need to love God, not just when you're a parent, but somehow it feels feels like you need to do it more at that season. But you'll always need to love God wholeheartedly But the indelible mark that it makes on your children is heightened in this season when they're younger, so you have to take advantage of it while you can. And as I've said in in parenting messages throughout the years, don't blink or else you'll open your eyes. And as the psalmist says, I was young once and now I'm old. Admittedly, the biblical principle is hard to deal with in this culture that we live in because we live in a world where there are countless things that distract us from loving God with all of our heart. There's all kinds of things that are vying for the attention of your heart and your children's heart. The affections that they're, that they're giving, the battle for their affections is numerous. And a lot of it isn't immoral or bad or sinful in general, but it's still a battle for their primary affection, which is supposed, supposed to be towards God. Let me encourage you as parents to put away the mindset that you can give your kids everything they need. You ever said that? Well, I just want to give them everything they need. You can't. It's impossible. There's something that they need that you cannot give them that only God can give them. And maybe you say, well, I just want my kids to have have more than I had growing up, a better life than mine, so they'll be be better off. Will they? Will they? Does better stuff make for better souls? Not if it comes to the expense of what they need the most. And what they need the most is time with a parent that loves God more than they love anything else. And it's not just time with you, but it's also time with you leading them toward a deeper relationship with Jesus. Because you love God with all of your heart. Not because of what are the the results that it's going to bring, or because of 2 plus 2 equals 4, but because you love God and there's no other way for you to live. If that is the outworking, if we're only doing something because of what we're going to get out of it, then we are wasting an opportunity to properly train our children to love God with all of their heart. Like I said, the activities clamoring for our time is endless, and it never changes, really. I mean, whether it's as a child or as a young adult or as an older adult, there's just countless things that's clamoring for our attention, hobbies, sports, ballet, gymnastics, music lessons, and although none of these things are bad, they actually can be very, very good, but before we know it, our children's schedules, if we're not careful, are busier than the the President of the United States. And I get it too. We all love to give our children gifts and give them things. I mean, the scripture is very clear. If you as an earthly parent love to give your kids gifts, then how much more does the heavenly father? He understands this reality. 
But if we're not careful, we will give them all kinds of things in the name of a better life, and we revolve everything around our child, and all of a sudden, our lives revolve around our children rather than revolving around God, and we become child-centered parents instead of God-centered parents, and we're leading them to something that is not going to fulfill their life. I've had plenty of conversations over the years with parents who are trying to figure out how to balance their family schedules, church, and in their Christian life. And let me just say, there is no one size fits all. I'm not going to say, again, I'm not going to get formulaic. Well, if you do this and you do this and you do this, it'll end up this way. And just because I did it this way, you should do it this way. I'm not going to do that. What I am going to say is there should be some clear indicators in your life of what your greatest priority is. However that looks, there should be some pretty clear indicators that you love God and his church in your life. Like if you say we are a God-centered family and we're devoted to Jesus and his church and then your kids never really see you being devoted to Jesus and your church, then you're going to have some issues. Like, well, I mean, you know, wait, where are you guys been? Well, I mean, it's only been six weeks. Oh, only been six weeks. Because understand what I'm saying here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And we as a family don't have time to corporately worship with God's people, call the church, and honor his name as a family. we got other things going on. That will send a significant message to your children. Because the decisions that you make today as parents affect the decisions your children will make tomorrow as young adults. Being involved in the body of Christ at least as I read God's word, is a non-negotiable for a Christian. And therefore, it is a non-negotiable for a God-centered family. So what does that look like? What is being a a God-centered family where the church is, is a central part of our lives? What does that look like? It looks like being involved. I'm an integral part of the body of Christ, and there's a biblical function for me to serve and do in the church. I'm immersed in deep, growing relationships with people in the body of Christ in a biblical community. I'm a functioning part of the family of God. I'm all in, I'm connected, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm going, I'm spiritually growing, we're finding ways to serve and fulfill the mission of the church that God has called us to, that's involvement. And that sends a clear message to our kids that God is the most important thing in your family's life. So no matter what type of parenting scenario you're in, single, Single mom, single dad, widowed, divorced, married, blended family, multi-generational parenting. You need to do all you can do to love God in front of those that you're training. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And that includes loving the church that Jesus died for, the bride of Christ. You won't always get to do this in front of them, so do it while you can. Because it'll be over that quick. I mean, we have five kids. And my two oldest boys, I remember driving them to church every single day. Some of you know the story, your own story. It looks just like this. And we were lived really close, but it was me and Caleb and Josiah. We would come first, and we would, they would come early with me every single Sunday. And, and for the amount of time that we had, they could tell you exactly what. I'd start praying for the Sunday morning service. We'd start singing a song. We only had about five minutes from where we lived at that time to get here to the church. But we all came together, and now all of a sudden, 
they're not with me anymore. Now it's, it's me and Zano or me and Issy. Now remember the day that they first drove themselves and it was like, well, that's over. That, that, that opportunity's over. Now hear me. Loving God with all of your heart is not just about going to church. Because you can be here every single Sunday, but if the home and your personal life look like hell, then you're not training up a child to honor God, you're training up a hypocrite. Do those who are in your life that you are training see you praying, see you reading the word of God, see you loving your neighbor, see you loving your spouse, what do they hear? For example, what is coming out of your mouth? Because you know as well as I do as a parent, whatever comes out of your mouth is eventually going to come out of their mouth. Like you're driving around, you go, where did you hear that from? Then the next thing you think, you probably heard it from me. There we go. And here's the reality for us as parents. Are you loving God with all of your heart or are you just loving God with some of your heart? Because if someone were to show up at your house unannounced, what would they see? Would they see you loving God? Would they see if they were to look at your mobile device, what would that say about your heart? What would your bank account say about your heart and generosity towards God? Not, not what you say or what you hope or what you pretend, but what does your heart really say, the deepest part of your heart in life? And here's the deal. Your kids see it firsthand every single day. Time is short. You won't always get to do this. So by the grace of God, make the time that you've been given Count for his kingdom. And as we go on to this scripture this morning, the best thing that we can do to train our kids is to love God and love them. But then the second thing that we can do is to lead them as God leads us. We love God and we love them the way God loves us, but then we lead them and we lead them the way God leads us. We won't do it perfectly, but we could sure do it better than if we didn't ask God for his help. Here's what verse 6 says. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Then impress them upon your children. It's the idea of like a, like a, a wax type seal on a letter that you would impress them upon their children. It makes an indelible mark. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. All of these things like if I were to modernize this because we're like, well, I don't have any door frames that I'm writing things on. What's my gates? And do I tie something on my wrist and put it on my forehead? No, here's, here's what we might say. Every place that you are in your life, when you're at home, when you're at the dinner table, when you're on your way to school, when you're driving to all the extracurricular activities that you have wherever you are at all times honor God and speak of him as if he is the most important thing in your life not only does God give us wisdom and discernment we desperately need in those moments but he also gives us confidence to lead well I don't know about you but man when I first became a parent I'm like we're supposed to go home now we're at the hospital it's like we're supposed to take this thing home and do what? Like, I didn't know how to parent. I didn't know what it meant to, to be a dad. And I needed the help. I needed God's help. I've told you so many times, there were times at night I was praying like, I don't know what to do with my, for my wife. I don't know what to do for my child. God, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. But he can give us confidence to lead even in something that we've never done before because he's created us to do it in a way that honors him. So I guess the question is, are you leading your children or are your children leading you? Who's in charge? Because you're supposed to lead them spiritually. 
You are the one that is leading them towards God by what? Training them, initiating them a craving for God and his people and his church. Like you can't, you can't ask a three-year-old what they want to do more than you ask God what he wants you to do. I used to say, like, your three-year-old doesn't know a hamburger from a booger. And you're asking them what they want to do. You are the parent. You are the trainer. You are the leader. And I know making decisions is hard and it's difficult. And there's just times where we're like, I don't want to make another decision. And that's where we ask God to help us by his grace to love and to lead well. And in all things to lead towards him. Again, there's no cookie cutter way, so don't, I'm not about to give you that. Listen, every parent has done things that they thought were successful and we'd like to share them. And if you're a young parent in here, you probably ought to get around some older parents who you can see some fruit in their lives. It doesn't mean that every child is perfect. Again, because there is no formula here. Say, well, what did you do? How did you honor God? What were some of the things that were important to you and and how did you implement them in your home? What I want to tell you is this, if you are going to be an effective leader in teaching your children to love God wholeheartedly, you're going to have to do it intentionally. Like it's not just going to happen accidentally. By God's grace, all kinds of things happen. That's, that's the hope that by God's grace, redemption can come to anyone who calls on their name. But we have a responsibility to love God with all of our hearts and do that in front of our children. And whatever that means for you, you seek God, you seek the heart of God, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and what he shows you to do, you do it consistently to honor God and to love your family. And it's going to look different from home to home because all of our homes look different and we're all unique in so many different ways. But the goals are the same. We want to be more like Christ as an individual, and we want to be more like Christ as a family. God-centered parents intentionally create God-centered homes. As I said, we have five kids ranging from now 23 to 13, and and then also a daughter-in-law. And there have been times where we did things I felt really well And there have been other times where I thought I was failing way more than I was passing. Practically, we've always stressed a love for music and worship because that's just something that has been inherent in our family, but then also I believe is inherent for any believer. We try to stress the importance of personal devotion and spending time with God in in the Word of God and to read God's Word. We try to create times where we can all eat together at some point, even if it's just one night a week at this point. We have and still prioritize the church and laying down our lives for Jesus and His church and the people called our spiritual family. And in order to make that a priority to lead toward Jesus, we no, we'll come face to face with some hard decisions, as will you. I remember early on, you know, when our, it seemed like everybody was playing something at some point in time. I spent almost, my wife and I, thought we spent all of our time at the baseball field, it seemed like. But we decided early on that we were going to prioritize our kids' spiritual health over their athletic prowess. Or their interest-driven prowess. And that doesn't mean that you don't do anything. We did all of them. But listen, I'm telling you, if your child is Michael Jordan, then they're going to just be Michael Jordan. I mean, recently my, my youngest daughter, Issy, wanted to take Taekwondo. And, 
And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll do that. She did a few lessons. And then we write back and they're like, well, yes, the, you know, to do this, you have to do it two times a week. I'm like, two times a week? What is she, Jean-Claude Van Damme? Well, she can go once a week. I guarantee you she'll learn enough Taekwondo once a week that she'll be fine. Because I don't have two nights a week to do that. There's other things that are, that are more important. And I want them to know what is the most important. Because when they know what the most important thing is, which is God, then they're going to know who they are the most. They're going to know their identity the most. Because we've tried to create a, a family identity that is Christ-centered because we know where, where family identity is strong, peer pressure is weak. I want them to know their identity comes from God first and then from me and their mom second, no matter what anybody else says about them. I want them to know they're God changers, they're world changers, and I've been telling them that since they were born. We want them to have fun together too, and so we've prioritized doing things that are fun together, not the expense of our life savings, but an investment, maybe against other things that we would want. We want them to think fondly of the Gerard family when they get older. I want them to think, man, it was, it's, it's great to follow Jesus in the Gerard family. It doesn't matter if dad was a pastor or something else. He still would have done the same things. He still would have had the same love for God. He still would have had the same love for music. He still would have sung as loud as he does even now. And we want to lead relationally, not just hierarchically. And what I mean by that is we're training up our future brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not an authoritarian. I'm not a dictator. I'm a father. Who's someone that's going to also be my brother and my sister in Christ. And I have to do that by God's grace. So my question today before we close is, are you leading your kids love Jesus above everything else? Are you leading your kids to love God above everything else so they can be an influence in the culture instead of influenced by the culture? Because we don't have to follow culture when following Jesus leads into another direction. What I've wanted to teach my kids and still are teaching them today is everybody can be a follower, but when decisions of right or wrong have to be made, I want you to be the leader of others as a follower of Jesus. One thing I've learned is that while I am leading them, and here's the most important thing for a lot of us today, while I am leading them, God has always been and is still teaching me. Remember, every child has something to teach you and has something to teach you that's different, and we must intentionally make the time to lead and teach them while being led and taught by God through them as well. You won't always get to do this, so let it change your life while it can. Parents, your role is so vitally important. I can't stress this enough. You can train and change generations to come. And as we live out our lives mutually with our children, we're not only training them, but God is training us. That's the beauty of the gospel and what God does in and through us in our relationships. What an awesome privilege to be brothers and sisters and friends of Jesus Christ with our children and all of God's household. Let's train up a generation of world changers. Let's train up a generation of, of people that are going to win the world for Jesus by loving God with all of our heart, by leading our children to Jesus with God's help. And this is the way that we train them 
way God's Word instructs. This is the priority, and you won't always get to do this, but one day, sooner than you thought possible, you will see you in someone you once led. You're going to see you. What part of you do you want to see in those that are following you now? So ask for God's grace to do it well. Train them in the way they should go by loving God yourself and leading them to Jesus whenever and wherever you can. And so here's one of the things I'm so excited about within Focus. As a multi-generational church, there are so many young families and so many young children and so many children that are being born or have just been born. We have such a privilege and honor to lead in whatever season of life you're in point the next generation to Jesus. Let's make it a priority by loving God with all of our heart, leading them to Jesus and training them in the way that they should go. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Lord, you are so good and with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a real simple question because some of you, maybe you're feeling a little bit over uh, burdened now. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel like, well, man, I've missed some opportunities. We've all missed opportunities, but we're about to sing in a moment about new beginnings. Maybe today, my prayer for today is that as parents, the things that we have been doing that are God honoring, praise God for, man, keep it up. But in those areas where we have, where we have lacked the ability to, to, to do what we know we should, where we have been slack in leading our children towards Jesus, where our homes haven't looked like a God-honoring home, where our priorities haven't looked like God is the top priority in our life, today could be a day of a new beginning for you. Today could be a day where you're saying, you know what, from this day forward, I remember this day in August of 2023, and I said, God, from this day forward, I am going to parent in a way that I, that I haven't before. God, you're going to be number one. You're going to be the priority. I'm going to lead them towards you. I'm going to live an, an honest life of loving you and not be a hypocrite anymore. I'm going to do this, God, by your power and your grace. Father, help me. Would you call out to him and ask him to help you because he will by his spirit because he loves you and he loves your children more than you do. You say, well, I'm not in that season of life today. Well, you can still love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I assure you, somebody impressionable is watching. Somebody behind you is watching. We all have that responsibility to love God with everything that we have. And today could be a new beginning for you in that area of loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then making a life that is God-centered in every way. Let's stand to our feet, church. Let's declare that from our mouths with a heart of adoration to God. Thank you for listening to the In Focus Church podcast with Pastor Brent Gerard. In Focus Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Evans, Georgia, with a mission to love God, love people, and reach the world. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating wherever you are listening and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at InFocus Church.